Welcome to Dear Wallflower, your podcast advice column for the woman who desires to deepen and beautify her inner world. Every week, we'll answer a letter from listeners just like you, who are looking for insight and wisdom on the most pressing questions in their story right now. Make sure to stay with us until the end to hear our weekly recommendations on books, movies, music, lifestyle, beauty, and more. We're so glad you're here. Grab a cup of tea and come on in. Welcome, dear listeners, to this episode of Dear Wallflower, a podcast for the woman with a deep inner world. I'm your host, Kelia Clarkson. I'm an actress, writer, filmmaker, and the editor-in-chief of Wallflower Journal. And with me today, back with us, is my lovely co-host, Jessica Schroeder. Sorry, for some reason I was like, she's going to say my name. This is evidence <laughs> that I'm it's a jet little lag. jet lagged. <laughs> I am, thank you, a writer and newly minted doctor, a food blogger, tea drinker, and plant-based entrepreneur. Wonderful to have you back with us, Jessica. And we want to thank every single listener who's tuned in today. We're just so glad that you too are back with us today. And we hope that this episode finds you well. We will be getting to this week's letter in just a few moments. But first, let's get into our pre-letter segment of the show called Roses and Thorns, where we recount our highs and lows of the week, starting with our thorn, something that left us feeling dry or depleted or frustrated this week. And finishing off with our rose, something that fostered our inner world or brought us joy or built us up. So Jessica, what was this week's thorn and this week's rose? If uh, listeners haven't guessed it already, my thorn is related to uh, jet lag, so travel. Um, We had a long day of travel to get back home from the UK, and um, that included a seven-hour layover, which it's just hard when you're... (laughs) I mean, it, we had enough time to leave the airport if we wanted to, but we just felt kind of like, well, let's just stay put and just whitt- whittle the time away mm-hmm. doing something. So, and then, um, then our, our, our flight after that actually got a little delayed too. So we're like sitting on the plane, waiting for things to happen and like, okay, it's time to go home. We really want to go home and sleep, <laughs> but, um, we made it feeling good to be, to be back, but just waiting for like my brain to click back into normalcy um but then my my rose of course would be the fact that we got to travel we went to england and to scotland and just had a, had a wonderful time visiting friends and seeing beautiful sights and landscapes um eating delicious food and so much more so we're just really really grateful for that time and uh happy to be back as well how about you there's nothing oh well first i'm just gonna say there's nothing like the uk in the world it's True. just such a Oh my goodness. Just one of the most amazing places in the world. So, so glad you got to experience that with, with Daniel. Um, but as for my thorn, sadly, um, I've mentioned this on the podcast there, there's a strike going on with my actors union right now. And, um, there was a glimmer of hope that it was going to be ending, uh, a couple of weeks ago when it seemed like, you know, negotiations were kind of getting back underway And uh, we recently heard that no negotiations have not worked out and and both parties have walked away from the table for now. And uh, so nothing, nothing is moving forward there, which is just a little bit, um, it's, it's sad. It's just a Mm -hmm. a letdown after feeling like, okay, finally, you know, we spent these months um, 
doing this thing and, and hopefully for this to pay off and it hasn't quite paid off. That's disheartening. Um, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, no, but it, it, you know what? It'll get figured out eventually, but it's just a little bit sad that it's not right now. <laughs> but um, my rose was, um, it's kind of funny because it was preceded by this really like weird uh, day where my husband and I had gone out and we were like, you know, let's just go on a, a nice little hike. Let's grab something to eat and we'll just have a little picnic and then and then walk and it'll just be nice outing. And, um, and then it was like, the first thing that went wrong was that the place that we went to didn't give us utensils and we didn't notice until we were already far away. And we went, okay, well, I guess we'll just get creative. That's fine. And then we're trying to have our picnic and suddenly this swarm of bees are just like all around us trying to eat our food. (laughs) And so we have to be fighting them off and moving and, Um, and so we're, you know, we're both just trying to laugh it off, but we're going like, wow, everything's just kind of going wrong right now. Hmm. Um, and then we decided to walk, um, just a little ways away from where we had had our picnic. And then we saw the most beautiful sunset I think I've ever seen in my life. And it just felt like, ah, everything is right again, you know? It's kind of this ridiculous, like, wow, what else can go wrong? And then we just see this beautiful, absolutely breathtaking sunset that just felt like God saying, hey, I'm right here, (laughs) which is just things into perspective. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So that was my rose. Um, All right. So just a couple of things before we move on to our letter. If you have been enjoying this podcast, please consider leaving us a review. We noticed a new review just this past week, and it was so heartening and just lovely to read. And we just so appreciate everyone that has left a review. And so if you've been enjoying, um, please just go ahead and leave a review. It really does help to boost the podcast and get it in front of other people who might enjoy it and get something from it. And of course, make sure to share with a friend. And lastly, we would love to encourage you to send in your own letter to dearwallflower at wallflowerjournal.com. We would love the opportunity to speak into the issues that you are facing today. Okay, so let's move on to our letter for today, which covers a subject of how to make a new life for yourself after moving to a brand new place. Dear Wallflower, God willing, we will be moving this year before Christmas and I have never moved before. I really am not sure what to expect, and a part of my heart doesn't want to go. It would mean leaving my small town community and everything I love about it for a place I've only been once and barely remember. My problem is, how do I settle into a new community and love it like I love my home now? How do I say goodbye and welcome a new place full of possibilities? How do I say goodbye to all that I've ever known? Also, I would like to hear your thoughts on moving and some advice you've learned along the way. What can we expect? And is there any advice to pass on? Signed, a wallflower. All right, Jessica. So what are your thoughts for a writer today? Yeah. So preparing to move is definitely an exhilarating thing. Um, It gets the juices flowing, you know, my own mind to think about my own experiences of having moved and um, the things that you can look forward to and just the newness of it, right? It's exciting, but it's also understandably fraught with uncertainty and a lot of questions. 
um, especially as someone who has never moved before, is completely understandable that our fellow wallflower would be feeling as she does. Some initial thoughts that I have, um, one is that it's natural to feel mixed emotions about moving. Um, you could feel excited, anticipatory, and curious on the one hand, while feeling uncertain and anxious and perhaps even reluctant on the other. You know, she, she, this is evidence in her letter, right? She says she's not even sure that she wants to go. And so I think it's fair to recognize that that's normal. <laughs> that um, I think sometimes we can base what we think we ought to feel based um, on what we have seen others do. Um, and obviously with the curation that we have in things like social media too, we can think, oh, well, I should have all my ducks in a row or I should feel only excited about this and I shouldn't feel sad about leaving my home. But I think it's totally acceptable and normal to feel a mix of emotions and maybe even to go back and forth between various ones throughout a given day or week. And so mm -hmm. I hope our writer will uh, give herself grace in this time and embrace that that back and forth, um, that, that mixture of emotions. I also think that it's important for our writer to manage her expectations. Mm. So she's asking, you know, how can she love her new home? Like she loves her current home. Um, be careful. I would say to her, be careful about managing your expectations. Your new home will not be your current, your old, or, you know, what will become your older former home. You can't expect to feel the exact same way about both of them. However, I will say that I do think you can foster ways to settle in and to feel at home so that you could feel just as much at home in your new place as you did in your former one. Just recognize that they're, they're going to have their own unique quirks. Mm -hmm. You know, that I don't know the, the differences between, you know, big, big city, small town, uh, climate, area of the world, et cetera. So there could be some huge differences that make them unique. And even if they are very similar in some of those ways, they're still going to have their own unique characteristics. So I, I just want to help her not to kind of shoot herself in the foot or or um, get disappointed if if it doesn't feel the same, especially if mm -hmm. she's spent so much time in one place. Um, recognize it will feel different, but it's also still possible to feel at home. Additionally, I think it's key for our writer to plug into community intentionally and mm -hmm. soon. Um, I think that some people might think, oh, I've got to wait until everything is figured out before I, you know, get into a church or a, a book group or whatever. And obviously you do have to have your feet under you to some extent, if your brain is still in the crazy <laughs> moving phase and it's yeah. hard to even just think straight, then you don't want to pressure yourself to do too much, but it's, I think it's nearly impossible to feel at home somewhere when you're not plugged into a community. Mm -hmm. And this Absolutely. can take time. Yeah. Yeah. And it could take time to really to plug in and, and get yourself rooted. So I urge her to get started making connections as, as soon as she can. Again, don't overwhelm yourself, um, but also don't hold back and wait too long either. I think back to when I was in college and um, one of the huge benefits of my freshman year was how quickly I got plugged into my, st uh, my stairwell community. 
on campus. So I had my immediate roommates and I had all the other girls in my stairwell that I got to know. And then our brother stairwell, which is right next to ours. So those initial mm-hmm. relationships gave me a great foundation to get started. And then as classes began, you get to know people in, in your classes as well. But having th- something like that, getting plugged into a church, a Bible study, a book club, sports team, and, and you don't have to do everything. You don't have to be super committed and know that you're going to, you're not going to necessarily stay put in that exact thing for, you know, all of time from that point forward. But I think getting into something gets you familiar with the people in your area, gives you the opportunity to start building friendships Mm -hmm. and finding like-minded people. I think that's one of the most important things to start feeling at home is getting your home settled and then feeling like you have people who are in your corner, so to speak. Yeah. I definitely feel the tension in her letter between the opportunities of a new experience and the sadness surrounding that need to depart from all that she has ever known in her current place of residence. And this is no small thing. I'm glad to see that she takes this seriously. Far too often, I think that we can err on the side of too flippantly making change and then not taking the time to thoughtfully close doors or or chapters as the next one um, opens or unfolds before us. So all this to say, I think our writer is wise to ask about how to say goodbye to her current home while making room in her heart and mind for the new one to come. So first I'll say something on saying goodbye and then something about like welcoming new opportunities. So first on saying goodbye, I would say that it probably depends a lot on your personality, but what initially comes to mind for me is the idea of journaling. I'd encourage you to spend some time reflecting on some big questions and maybe write write your responses. So um, consider questions such as, what do I love most about this place? What will I miss most and why? What people will I be leaving behind? With whom will I stay in touch and how or how regularly? And what would that take from you? What things would I like to do before I depart? How has this place, how has living here shaped me or formed me? And what about living here do I want to take with me? Like what kind of aspects can you take with you and reproduce in your new home? And how would that be? I think working through questions like these can also be done in conversation with others. So if there, if you're more of a person that wants to verbally process like out loud, as opposed to writing that down, you know, think about whether, you know, if you, you said we, so I imagine you're moving along with someone, or if you have friends or family in your current place that you want to hash that out with, I think it could be really helpful not to do that alone. And I would add, don't be afraid of emotion. Like don't be afraid of tears coming. It, it's probably very natural that that will happen. And I think it's good and healthy to grieve a loss like this. And it, it really is a loss to leave a place that you love. Yeah. Even when you know that it's the right decision to move, you know, for w- whether you're moving for a new job or, you know, maybe the the place that you're living in and you just can't afford it anymore, whatever the reason that you're moving even when you know this has to happen, this is a good thing, it's still such a hard thing. And it's okay to grieve what you are losing. You are losing something right now, but then looking forward and going, okay, but what am I gaining? Mm-hmm. And I think even for anyone listening who has a move upcoming, 
or will experience one in the future where it's more focused on the excitement of where you're going, I would mm-hmm. urge people not to miss out on the opportunity of saying goodbye to something, even if they intend to return someday. So for instance, for myself, going to Wheaton to start my PhD program four years ago, I was very excited to move and start that program. And I had the intention of coming back to Colorado. We have done that, but you can't know for sure, right? When you and, mm-hmm. and, and even coming back, we're not living in exactly the same place that we were before. So whenever I visit the place where we lived and we were first married, I have these kind of nostalgic like feelings mm-hmm. about how much I loved that first season of our marriage. And um, it was important um, for me to also consider what am I leaving while I'm starting a new yeah. chapter. So I encourage everyone listening, if, if you have a transition like that, and whether maybe yeah. it's even leaving a job, it could be you know, not necessarily moving or moving from one home in the same area to another. Like, I think there's a lot of ways we could apply that same principle. Yeah. Then to move on to uh, welcoming new possibilities and opportunities, I encourage our writer to dive in and get involved. While there will certainly be a lot to manage as far as unpacking and getting settled is concerned, forming relationships and finding meaning and connection in your new place are also key parts of that unpacking and settling. It's like unpacking yourself (laughs) and settling yourself Mm -hmm. um, beyond just your belongings. Um, It's about you settling into new rhythms. And this includes what you are a part of and what people are a part of your life. Mm -hmm. So um, maybe you have an idea already of what kinds of things might be possible for you to get involved in. But if if you don't, maybe... If you have some capacity in the meantime, as you're preparing to, just as you would prepare to know, like, here's where we're going to live and what kinds of items we might still need to acquire once we get there, you might also think, okay, here are some things I'm interested in trying out, you know, whether that's the second week you're there or something like that. You have some things in mind so that you're not just scrambling and, um, you know, stressed out to the point of overwhelm and unsure even how to manage. I mean, there may be moments that that happens, but I think if you have some ideas already in place of what you might do when you get there, that will be helpful. And I think just keep your, keep yourself open, you know, be open to trying things. And uh, um, especially if it's a new area that has kinds of activities and places that you're not as used to, like for me to move to Colorado from Illinois um, initially to go to college, Um, I was not really an outdoorsy person, especially living in a humid place with lots of bugs and heat and humidity and stuff like that. It was wonderful to to explore like, wow, I love the outdoors when I'm in Colorado and to kind of become someone who loves hiking and things like that. Like I say, be open to Mm -hmm. finding and discovering new interests as well as new friends. And the beautiful thing that is only, or not only, but uniquely offered to you in this new place. So Mm. when we left New York, we moved to LA, we are enjoying the very unique things that we can't find in New York, that we we are going on hikes. It's a five minute drive from our house to go to a beautiful hike. And that's something that's so unique that Mm -hmm. we are enjoying in the place that we are in right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. I think I'll just close here with a couple of like just bullet point, like 
quick general moving advice because she ends with that question. And I'd love to hear your thoughts, Kelia. So one thing I would say is purge your stuff. Um, I definitely lean more toward the minimalist sort of um, way of living, but I don't think a true quote unquote minimalist would look at my house and be like, Billy, <laughs> you're minimalist. I mean, <laughs> the point that I'm trying to make here is just only take what you really want to keep. I mean, you don't want to have to box up and then unbox and try to find a home for so many things that you're like, do I really need this? Do I really want this? So let this be an opportunity for you to really, for your stuff to really own its place in your life. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to get rid of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Also don't, don't wait like six months to decorate when you get there get things on the wall, make it feel homey and cozy. Uh, it's a lot of effort. Yes. But it also, you'll, you will feel that much more at home, that much more settled. Um, the little things like that really do matter. They do. (laughs) Yes. Expect to feel kind of crazy. Okay. This is going to happen. You're going to forget really simple things. Like you might just, you know, leave the fridge door open or, you know, I think Kelia, you said when you moved, like you, you touched a hot pan, like you would never have done that, but we made a lot of mistakes I would never normally make. (laughs) It's a crazy brain that you have during that crazy time. So just give yourself, Daniel and I would say, you get a pass, you get a pass. I mean, (laughs) there's a certain time period that that's going to happen. Expect it, be gracious with yourself and with others. Mm -hmm. And finally, I would say, don't do it alone. Again, it sounds like you're moving with at least one other person because you did use the, the term we. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, a couple, even a couple in a small family could feel alone in their moving process. So if you have friends or family nearby to help you um, depart, like pack up a depart. And even if you know people in your new place or if anyone's willing to come with you and kind of help you get settled, it's great to have the support of others, especially people who are outside of the immediate decision-making process and all the crazy that's going on in your head. It's really helpful to have other people to lean on. So don't be afraid to ask for help and then just, you know, buy people some food to say thank you. (laughs) If if they're helping you move, you know, buy them lunch or bagels for breakfast or whatever. Like um, those are some things I would say. So Keely, I know you've made a really big move from the place where you grew up. Yeah. I'm curious to hear what kind of advice you have. That I have. Um, so first, I'm just going to say that my heart goes out to our writer because I can tell that she is very sad and anxious and nervous about leaving this town that she has felt so at home in uh, for all of her life, it sounds like. That is a really um, difficult feeling. And like Jessica said, that is something to grieve, absolutely. Um you know, she doesn't specify why she's moving, uh, but it sounds like it is set in stone. The move is happening, you know, basically no matter what. So I I can't um, perfectly identify with, with the, you know, the feeling of like, I don't know that my, that my heart really wants to do it. Um, you know, when I first moved from my hometown, which I'm back in now. But when I first moved, I was ready, you know, um, to kind of go and experience something a little bit different. Um, But I can identify with kind of the the worry that comes along with feeling or uh, leaving behind everything you've ever known to go to a place that you have not spent that much time in um, and how nerve wracking that can be. You know, I 
she mentioned that um that she's leaving her her hometown for a place that she's only been to once and she barely even remembers and i can understand why that would cause some anxiety um but what i want to encourage her is to see this as actually a really good and beautiful opportunity because the slate in this new town is totally clean. It is a blank canvas that she gets to fill in herself, not an already painted canvas that someone says, here, you have to like this. <laughs> mm. um, it reminds me a little bit of a quote from Anne of Green Gables where Anne says, isn't it nice to think that tomorrow is a new day with no mistakes in it yet? And this town or city, she doesn't say, you know, exactly where she's moving, but wherever a rider is moving, it is a new place without any mistakes in it yet, in a sense. And that's such a wonderful thing. That's, that's a gift. Um, so I, I would encourage her to get excited about the ability to craft a new life somewhere and having the opportunity to start totally fresh and to begin a new chapter. And for me in the past, when I've struggled a little bit with anxiety of, of um, you know, facing change that I feel unsure about, um, what's helped me is seeing my life as a story that I'm currently living out. And so I am, you know, currently in one chapter or I'm at a specific plot point. And now it's time to start the new chapter or move to the next plot point it's time to move the story forward. You know, like we, we watch, when we watch a movie, we don't want the character to just stay in the same place the whole time and nothing happens. We want to see something move forward. Um, so I, I would encourage our writer to think of it as she's come to this point in her own story where, okay, it's time to move forward, to turn the page, to get to the next scene. Um, you know, speaking a little bit from personal experience, when I moved to New York, I was moving there from my hometown here. And, you know, the difference between the, the writer today and myself was that it was something that I really wanted, I was ready for. But I'll admit it was also a lot scarier than I thought it was going to be. Um, up to that point, I had never lived anywhere but Los Angeles. I did not know how life worked in New York. I, I thought 60 degrees was freezing. I <laughs> didn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a rude week. I moved in November, by the way. Oh so my. <laughs> <laughs> it was dropped into 30 degrees. Um, I, I didn't know anyone aside from my boyfriend and now my husband. Um, but I didn't have any community outside of that. Um, you know, and, and he moved after me. I was actually there a couple of months without him. Hmm. And um, I didn't know where I was going to work. I didn't have a job. Um, I, I didn't know anything about the subway. I, I didn't know anything about the way of life. My point is that I was dropping into a new life that I knew absolutely nothing about. I had no context for it. And then weirdly had to be like, I guess this is my life now, but I don't know anything about it. Um, and then New York became a home to me. Mm. And interestingly, and this kind of touches on something that Jessica said, it never replaced Los Angeles ever. LA was always my first home. Um, you know, I, I, I always missed in and out I missed um, 
my family's home and my cats. I missed things about Los Angeles. Um, so just like our writer's current town isn't ever going to be replaced in her heart, right? But New York ended up becoming a home to me in an entirely different way that can't be replaced by anything else now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I hope that the same can happen for a writer, that she can hold these two places as having really unique spaces in her heart um, that that can't be replaced by the other yeah. and don't uh, need to be replaced. I was just thinking about this idea of like the capacious notion of home, like what home is and can be that just because we have known home to be and feel a certain way up to this point does not mean mm-hmm. that home can never feel different. So especially I think of the idea of like the city mouse or the country mouse, like the people who like, you know, we, we make it so binary, like, do you feel more comfortable or at home, you know, in this kind of space yeah. or this kind of space? And yes, we might have certain things that are quote more homey to us than others, but it sounds like what you're saying, at least what's coming to mind is we may be surprised to discover what home can feel like in different places and that different, yes. different, it's like different, a different character. Like a place can be a character in the sense of when I'm in this place, you know, um, it's more appropriate that home feels like this. Like, I don't know, the weather's a certain way here. The landscape's yeah. a different way there. The food is like this here, et cetera. And uh, just, we may be surprised to feel that we could feel just at home in very different places and find ourselves changed in, in, mm-hmm. you know, really unique ways in the meantime as well. Not that, not that the other place feels any less home. It's just like what you're saying. It just, the, yeah. there's difference and there's, there's an expansion of us as opposed to necessarily becoming something that we are, are somehow less the, the old version of ourselves. Does that make sense? Yeah. But I think that's a great point. I think the word home can mean a lot of different things to us. And I think that's that's a good thing to expand that definition kind of. And yeah, for for me, a long time home only meant 70 degrees in and out, uh, the 101. <laughs> <laughs> and now home means a lot of different things. Home still means that as well, those three things. But it also means um, the subway, Central Park, food carts. And also I've spent a lot of time in Colorado at this point. Home also means Colorado to me. That feels like the home to me. Mm. Um, I feel like I'm going home when I, when I fly there. So I think that's such a gift. And I hope that our writer can kind of expand this, this feeling of the word, what does home mean to you? Mm. Um, but to get a little more practical, what helped me finally start to feel at home after I'd been living in New York for a few months was that I started to find rhythms. So when I first moved, and this is kind of normal for when you first move, you're not going to know exactly what your you know rhythms are going to be. You can't really expect um, a lot from different days. You have to kind of figure out, okay, what, what do my weeks look like, my months, you know? So there was really nothing that I could expect for a while. I was working um, as a waitress at the time and you know, aside from that, there was kind of nothing normal for me. Um, but then once I began to establish regular rhythms, I started to feel at home. So for example, um, I would work the dinner shift from Wednesday to Saturday. I had Bible study every Tuesday. I would go to church with my 
then boyfriend, now husband, every Sunday, and we would hang out the rest of the day. Um, We would go to the gym together a few times a week. We would take a walk through the park and get coffee. My point is that um, while I was still getting used to the place that I was in and learning the street names, what helped me feel like I wasn't just on an extended vacation or just a tourist was having these normal rhythms that helped me explore my new city, but also feel like, oh, this is, this is my normal life. This is everyday life. So I would suggest that a writer takes the time to establish these new rhythms in her town to find her favorite cafes and bookstores, to take walks in, in different parks and figure out which one is her favorite um, or in a pretty neighborhood, maybe, you know, walk by pretty houses um, to find a church, uh, join groups, book groups, Bible studies, to volunteer somewhere, um, to give yourself the normal things that will make you feel like you're not just visiting, but you're building a life now. Mm-hmm. Um, I also want to remind her, because she she mentioned a few times saying goodbye. I I want to remind her that her current town, her hometown, is not disappearing forever. Mm-hmm. I think it's hard to move on when we feel like we're never going to see this place again, you know? Um and I don't know her exact her exact circumstances, but I want to encourage her to remember that she can visit her hometown sometimes. And perhaps she has a friend there or, or a family member that she can stay with for a week every now and then. Again, I don't know her circumstances, but that's just something that I would encourage her to think about is I don't have to let this place go forever. It's not totally goodbye. It's just until next time. Mm-hmm. And lastly, I'm just going to give a few practical moving tips, Um, something I've learned from moving across the country a couple of times now. And uh, this is what's worked for me. Perhaps, you know, our writer's going to find something else works. Another person listening maybe wouldn't have had the same experience, but this is what's helped me and and actually Jessica, apparently. Um, I I try not to take very much with me, um, which is hard for me because I, I'm someone that I get very attached to things. And I'm like, but this chair was the chair that I did thought about that in. And, and, you know, and we had these conversations and that's where we Mm -hmm. ate our pizza and, you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, but I've, I've kind of gotten a little bit more like, all right, I'm not too attached to this. And so I try to sell a lot on Facebook marketplace or donate things. Um, and for me, that just helps me feel a little less weighed down and like, you know, I have an entire truck full of things to keep track of. No, you have maybe a few boxes and um, maybe some suitcases of things to take tra- to keep track of. Um, and this is also something uh, Jessica mentioned, but, you know, another reason this is really helpful to me to not take too much is that it really gives me the ability to craft this new home that I'm in um, and to not try to like make something fit that Maybe he doesn't need to live here. Um, And so when we moved back to LA earlier this year, we took barely anything with us. And we were able able to sell a lot and donate a lot. And when we got here, we searched Facebook Marketplace. We went to Goodwill, other thrift stores, and we were able to put together this brand new space that we really loved and ushered us into this new chapter here. And we did it on a budget didn't have to cost too much, but it was a nice thing to have something new here yeah. and to feel like we're, we're moving forward a little bit. Yeah. Especially if it's like, you don't 
I don't know uh, uh, the age of our writer and what her financial situation is, but I feel like if you don't have a ton of things that are really worth a lot, it might be great to take Kelia's approach and just not take a ton of stuff with you, at least in terms of big items, you know, um, like I had acquired stuff throughout college that was just given to me or whatever. And then I've got <laughs> some Ikea stuff. It's like, okay, that's gotten quite a bit of use. And there are certain items like we had bought a nicer couch. Like, okay, we're definitely moving this couch, but yeah. depending on your circumstances, like there's, you don't have to do it one way or another. If I'd say like Achilles is saying like approach it with what's best for your situation and give yourself the opportunity of approaching your new home for what it needs not what you think it yeah not not yeah needing to shove in whatever you currently have necessarily yeah exactly exactly I think it's just a nice thing to be able to kind of start fresh a little bit um well I hope we were able to offer our writer some peace about her move and perhaps even some excitement as she considers the possibilities that moving to a brand new place presents And it's time for the May We Suggest segment of the podcast where we suggest to you the things that we have been reading, watching, eating, or wearing this week that made us really happy to be alive. Everything we suggest will be linked in the description of this episode for you to check out. So Jessica, what is your suggestion this week? I'm suggesting um, the music of Caroline Cobb, particularly her album Psalms, the Poetry of Prayer. So yes, Keely, I was had a little exclamation there. We had Caroline on the podcast as a guest back in episode 24. So if you didn't yet hear that, I encourage you to go back and listen. She was a lovely guest to speak with. Um, She's Mm -hmm. a musician. If you can't tell by the fact that I'm recommending music, Um, (laughs) but I just, I love, I love her Psalms album in particular. Um, It's, it's wonderful to have people who do a great job using scripture in music i think people who approach it more like Mm. word for word it can kind of come out clunky but she takes certain psalms and the themes from them as well as you know specific words kind of whittles them down to a sense uh in a sense to um write the verses and the choruses maybe bridges and whatnot but i just Mm. have really loved that album particularly her song better than life which is psalm 63 and I've just been meditating on that um, and even re- reading, going and reading the psalm as well. And it's been really nourishing to my soul. So I hope that uh, listeners will give that a listen and also feel comforted. Yes. Everyone go check that out. Caroline Cobb, a friend of the podcast. That's right. Makes beautiful music. Well, my suggestion this week, so I've I've mentioned this before. I'm very much a, a scent person and smells person. I love places that smell nice, people that smell nice. <laughs> and so <laughs> I um, I like smelling nice. And so I, I wanted to get this kind of inexpensive body spray that I could spray any time that I, I wasn't worried about, oh, this perfume is too nice. I should only wear it now. So I found the Vera Wang body spray. I have it in the scent green tea and pear blossom, but I think there are a couple of other scents um, if that's not your your favorite scent, um, but it's it's so inexpensive. It feels luxurious. It feels fresh. It keeps you smelling lovely. And um, why not just invest a little bit in something that will make you feel so much better about yourself throughout the day? So here you go. Check out the Vera Wang body sprays. All right. To wrap up this episode, Jessica, how can listeners find and connect with you? 
Listeners can check out my weekly blog posts at edenandme.com. You can also find me on Instagram at Jessica J. Schroeder and my Substack at jessicajschroeder.substack.com. And if you want to get in contact with me, you can search my name on any of the socials and reach out. And of course, check out Wallflower Journal, where we have new articles coming out every week about relationships, beauty, recipes, personal stories, and so much more. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening to Dear Wallflower today. If you have a question you'd like answered, you can send your letter to dearwallflower at wallflowerjournal.com. Every letter we read will be kept totally anonymous. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your week.